Welcome into another edition of the Commission's Corner. Seven weeks down in the SGL season with only six weeks remaining. There are still a lot of questions to be answered. This week I am joined none other by Joe and Manny. How are you guys doing today? Um, I, I was here under better circumstances. I decided to give Manny a nice birthday victory last week. So looking to jump back on it this week. And what can I say? Another week, another win. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, must must be nice. So we're gonna break down uh, the week seven matchups in the SGL with some of our takeaways. And you know, look, I want to move past this, so we're gonna start with my matchup against Matt. Team TNT took on Matt, and well, it didn't go as planned this is the second time we've actually gone into sunday night with a huge lead and what goes and happens the last time we played anthony and it was george kittle who erupted for 40 points luckily we were able to come back on monday night this week tyler lockett goes for a week high 53 points this guy is supposed to be a virgin saving himself for marriage that's true you can legitimately look it up but apparently not anymore because he fucked he fucked Steve and I. 53 points, 200 yards receiving with DK Metcalf on the field. And DK Metcalf was just irrelevant. Matt wins, and this leads me to the first takeaway, guys. Matt has a ton of firepower on his team. He has Dalvin Cook. He's got Aaron Jones. He's got Lockett, Mostert, DJ Moore. And then, you know, he's got the, the two receivers for uh, the 49ers. He's got... Henry Ruggs, he has a lot of firepower. You know, injuries keep hampering him. You know, he, he hasn't lost anyone for the year, but Aaron Jones has the calf strain. He, uh, Dalvin Cook had the groin injury. Raheem Mostert runs for 80 yards and then gets hurt about every other, you know, every single time he plays. You know, Lockett and Moore have been relatively healthy, but he, he's got another injury with Zach Ertz. Here's my question to you. Do you think Matt is a serious SGLX contender or not? And and if not, what do you think is plaguing his team aside from the injuries? Joe, we'll start with you. Yeah, the, the Jones phantom calf strain that won Manny this week pretty much um, that just popped up on Thursday. So that's the Manny luck again. Of course it happens. Um, but, I mean, sure – Matt has a lot of injuries, but everybody's had a lot of injuries this season. I don't think it's just Matt. Uh, I do think he drafted a good team, but I don't think he's as active as a manager as a lot of the other people where, you know, if they were dealing with the injuries, they probably could have had a better start to the season than he did by making some moves and being a little bit more vigilant on the waiver wire. Uh, however, I, I do think his team is in pretty good standing. Um I do think he's a contender for the SGLX title um, just because his team is good when they return back to full health. But, you know, aside from a few injuries, yeah, Dalvin Cook missed a week. He's probably going to play this week. You know, Aaron Jones is going to miss a week, maybe two. He hasn't really had significant injuries. Mostert is a luxury pick because he's his third running back, but you could play somebody in the flex. So it's not even though you can't even look at his team and say that he's dealt with the most injuries out of anybody in this league. So, um, 
you know, I wouldn't attribute the injuries to his, you know, the start that he's had and say that he'd be some type of juggernaut if he didn't. Um, but I, I do think that he's a contender for the SGL title. Yeah, he, he, he's definitely a contender if you're looking at his team on paper. Um, there's one thing, like, I would have to say that to, to be, like, the top, top contender, though, you need a quarterback. Um, he has Drew Brees. I don't think he's uh, Drew Brees is the same Drew Brees in the past that we know of. But, again, he does have great running backs and wide receivers. Um, what I think, though, like, he, looking at his schedule, he probably has the toughest schedule to, to, to close out. Um, right now he's playing Skiff. Um, and then he has Joe, and then he has Ant that's fully healthy now. I, I believe at that time he's going to have um, all healthy players. And then and then Roger and then Tommy, which they all made trades, and Canales, and he's at the end. So he is a scary team. If he makes the playoffs, he's definitely a scary team. So I'm just banking on, like, tough matchups and uh, – him to get losses because I, I wouldn't want to face him um, the first week of the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you bring up a good point. Drew Brees, I, uh, like looking at the, the matchup, there was no Michael Thomas, and as we're about to play him, I was like, all right, you know, Brees is at home where he normally shines. It's like, but they really have nothing going on. Like hopefully just a big Alvin Kamara game. Drew Brees ends up running in a touchdown, throws for another, ends up with 27 points. And, I mean, like, look, this is the, this is a scary thing. And like it's it's there's a couple teams in the league that really really are like scary with with some of the firepower how they can just literally turn it on and he get Mac gets point eight from Devontae Freeman and then Aaron Jones out so it's like all right cool he's got to go and start Zach Moss and Zach Moss ends up with ten points which is decent it's great for a random fill in but Lockett blows up DJ Moore goes uh, ape shit so like I mean. He has, like, some guys that really just show up. And the Buccaneers' defense didn't even do that well. They only had 10 points. And that's been a very good defense this year. And then, I mean, look, I know people don't really like talking about kickers, but he's got Harrison Bucker. He's on the hottest, the best offense in the league. So, I mean. I think, yeah, I think Matt has the most top 20 position players in, in, in his lineup. Uh, he might. I mean, that's something we can. We can no. Refer, but we can. I don't. We can refer back to that. I mean, I, I don't think Drew Brees is there, but we, we, we can check that no, out. Uh, we can check that out later on as as we we, we get. I'm through. pretty sure that would fall in with Skiff, Kamara, Metcalf, Kelsey, Robbie Anderson is there. Anderson. Yeah, it could. It's probably Skiff, if you really yeah. think about it, because he's got Robbie Anderson. Mike Evans isn't there because he, he's been he's been pretty lackluster. But let, let's get to the second takeaway. And my how the mighty have fallen. Roger and Brandon lose their fourth straight. They actually haven't won since they started making trades. Week four, we were on this podcast. We were bashing them. They go and they trade me. They have not won since that trade. And it's not like they gave away a key starter. Now they've gone. They made two more trades. They've made a trade with Canales. They made a trade with Joey. Two people that I would never even think that they'd ever trade with. But yeah. I, I have... It's a three-part question. One, who do you blame for this losing streak? Is it Roger or is it Brandon? I blame both of them. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> for taking a victory lap in week three and the fantasy gods smiting them. Um, listen, it's easy to get off to a hot start when you have nobody on by, your players have good matchups, and you've had a good draft. It's easy to get off to a good start. Uh, it's really hard when you start dealing with injuries by weeks and, you know, working the waiver wire, then it gets tricky. You know, the, the one thing about them is they had such a good draft that they had so much talent on their bench that they were kind of screwing themselves and not making the right start. And that's the hard part of having such a deep team and also deep benches. And, you know, then when you make trades, I mean, some trades you win, some trades you lose. It's the facts of it. But I think they ran on a bad streak just because, you know, they, they caught some bad luck. And, you know, I think it was the, you know, all their trash talking catching up to them. Yeah, Manny, yeah. how about you? Do you blame one of them or is it, is it both? Is it a mutual problem? It's both. It's both because I always hear Brian, I was like, oh, we made this fantastic trade and then it bites them in the ass. And then that, you always see Roger in the text messages always telling me that I need a trade, which I do. I do. No, you trade, don't. But, um, no, you don't. He uh, Trading a kicker for a defense is not a trade. <laughs> a trade's a trade in ESPN. So, um, yeah, again, I blame both. And do I think they make the playoffs? It's going to be close. It'll determine this week. Um, he plays uh, the number one guy, uh, Kevin. Well, I'm also the number one guy, but he's a little ahead of me um, in the standings. But it's going to be a high-scoring game. They, they did make another trade with Joe. Now they have CEH. Um, they do have great matchups going into this week. Um, and then the next week they play me and I, I feel like I have a, a couple buys, so I'm not saying I may lose, but hopefully the luck's upon me again, as it's been all season. Yeah. And, but then after that, then I think it could be smooth sailing for them, but they need a win this week for sure to, to at least be, I believe four and four. I think they're three and four right now. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a tough, it, it determines by, a. And then yeah. this week they have a tough stretch. I mean, what you and Kev both have winning records. Tommy's got a lot of firepower. What Matt we just talked about. Anthony seems to be healthier by then, so it's not going to be the same Anthony that they played early in the season when Anthony didn't even crack. Uh, no, Anthony barely cracked a hundred, and then he's going to be playing Joey, who is Ooh. a completely different team than it, you know than what it is now and what it was at the beginning of the year. So my I'm question to you guys: Yes or no? You don't have to go in depth. Do you think this team makes the playoffs? Mm, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go yes. I think they turn it around. Um, and again, and again, I'm just looking at right now. I think I may need to make some moves for me playing them next week because if I don't, I think on paper they will beat me. So I feel like they'll beat Kevin this week. And then if they if I don't make any moves next week, they're they they may be two and zero, so they'll they'll be five and four, moving on to week ten. Yeah, so, but Manny, that, think... that that sounds very similar to what we've been saying every single week. We've been on this podcast saying this team is so deep. This is that. Maybe we we're just fucking wrong the entire time. Maybe their team hey. is deep with full of mediocre players. I mean, they had all those running backs. I mean, they still all right. So they swapped Jonathan Taylor. For CEH, but CEH is still in a timeshare, so there's probably not much of a drop off between the two production. I mean, they could literally have uh, 
a very long list of players, but they could all just be mediocre players who max out at, you know, 12 to 15 points. Man, where, I like, gotta tell you, you're not going to get the 20 plus point guys. It's no good for you or for them. For them. <laughs> Well, your team's yeah. going your team's going to change. So let's not even dive into this cuz you're going to make about four more trades by next Thursday. Let's get into uh, let's get into the third takeaway. Hopefully. Tommy and Jay, let's talk about them. They had a big bounce back against Skip. They give Skip his actual first loss of the season. All right? Or Manny, did you beat Skip last week? Skip has three losses, doesn't he? No, I think, two I think it's two losses now. Yes, Skip's been wounded. Yes, Manny, Manny faced him when his team was all injured. No, I think yeah, so Skiff now has lost two in a row. All right, let's get he that lost right. When I, when I showed the world that his team was immortal. Yes, because you thought you were a Kingslayer for a little bit. So Tommy and Jay, they scored 161 points. I mean, large in part to Kyler Murray, who had 42.7. Hell, I wish Tyler Lockett had 42.7. I would have won, but whatever. Uh, so my question to you is, if you if you look at their team, they're still not at full strength. This Michael Thomas has been hurt all year and is still hurt. Might not even play again this week. Chris Godwin he plays one game and then misses two, so he he's like the Raheem Mostert of wide receivers. So th- it leads me to this question: Do you think they'll still be in the playoff hunt by the time every single one of their guys gets healthy? Because like t- the way Tommy and Jay built this team is they have a juggernaut of receivers but they just haven't been able to use all three of them that they have. And even four, if you you count, uh, Juju seems to resur- uh, have been resurrected resurrected once he left Kevin's team. I mean, they're weak at running back, I mean, aside from James Robinson. But my, my big question is, like, when, when they get fully healthy at wide receiver, do you think by the time that that happens, they're still going to be in the playoff hunt? I think it's too late. Um, it's not like they're inconsistent, not inconsistent of scoring points. They're inconsistent on playing. Um, they, he, it's, I think it's, it's, we're already going into week eight and he still really hasn't had a full squad. No, like, they, the three of them have not, the three guys that he has, Ridley, Michael Thomas, and Chris Godwin have not all played together never. for him. Right. It's like the right. Giants wide receivers. They just never play at the same time. And One then, is always hurt. And let's say that when they do play, he really doesn't have a really a running back. Well, yeah, James Robinson, I'm not going to – yeah, James Robinson's been a beast this season and been consistent. But other than that, I don't, I don't, see, I don't see that playing out, and it's going to be too late. And then now at the back, at the back end of the season, you got to really look at matchups and who's he going to play. And, and so – it's gonna to be tough, but I think I feel like he's gonna slip and he's not gonna make it. This may be like the first time in a while that he hasn't made the playoffs, but um, both Tommy and Jay. So I thought last last no, year last year they didn't make it because remember we went to four divisions. You and Joey split the division with them. Manny, you came what in first in that division. Joey was second. Or no, no, Manny was winning up until Joey. You ended up winning the division last. last I was year, the league. I scored the most points in the league, dog. Yeah, but wasn't Manny yeah, leading that division really for a while? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, well, sorry, Tommy and Jay. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I feel like they'll slip and not make it. Joe, how about you? What's your take on this? I mean, I think the one staple that they have in that offense right now 
is Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, he's fantastic. I mean, he's doing it with his legs. He's incredibly accurate as a passer. But their team gives me pause as far as their position players. Um, you know, Doug Marone is saying now that he wouldn't be opposed to doing something crazy and switching it up after the bye. And I'm sure that's not going to mean anything with James Robinson. But that could mean giving their rookie quarterback a start over Gardner Minshew. And you don't know how that's going to affect James Robinson being utilized in the pass game or how effective he'll be in the run game. And on top of that, I really think that, you know, Calvin Ridley's obviously a staple as well. Mike Davis is going to be, I mean, they're saying he's going to be used, but to what extent is he going to be used when Christian McCaffrey's back? You know, Jarek McKinnon is nothing. Um, and then you have, I, I really believe that there's more than just Mike Thomas with all these injuries. Um, to me, it kind of seemed like there's, you know, some sort of disconnect between Mike Thomas and the Saints organization. And, you know, whether one guy doesn't want to get on the field or, you know, whatever, I think they're kind of getting tired of him and he's getting tired of them. And Godwin just can't stay on the field. Bruce Arians came out today and he said that it would be extremely optimistic for Chris Godwin to play in week nine. So fire up Antonio Brown. But he said that it'd be extremely optimistic for him to do it. And, you know, he just had surgery on his finger. How are you expecting him to, you know, play the next week following that? So I don't know when it's going to be that all his guys are going to get on the field together. But, you know, once pretty deep roster is looking pretty thin now and, you know, in such weird times where, you know, you need so many running backs as backup and insurance, you know, they're looking pretty thin right now. So I, I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs in my preseason call of Tommy and Jay wearing the dress. Um, I don't know. It could look pretty good by the end of the season. It could, but now leading into our fourth takeaway, this is the person who is the front runner for the dress. Remy and Pale, they won again. They go to five and two. But the question isn't really about them per se. It's Well, I guess you can say it is. What has been more surprising to you? Because at, at draft day, at the end of draft day, and – Mainly mainly me, the way I saw it was I thought Richie had a very talented team. It's not a talented manager, but I thought he had a talented team. On the other end, Remy and Pale, when we saw their draft, a lot of people were like, especially three days after the draft when Leonard Fournette got cut and went to the Bucks, we were like, all right, that team is going to be trash. They're five and two. They have the second best record in the league because the other two teams are tied at six and one. Richie is one in six. So what start has been more surprising? Remy and Pales, you know, score onslaught of points that they've been scoring. It's not like they're, they're, they're not getting any cheap wins. They've been scoring a good deal of fucking points. Or Richie being one in six with the players that he has. Manny, start this one off. Uh, oh, has been surprising for me. Um, Maybe because these two r rarely talk in the chat because, you know, everyone else chimes in the chat every day and they don't say a word really. They just come out and then they just win and, and they don't talk really much about it, um, unlike the rest. Um, but Todd Gurley has been amazing for them for the past couple weeks. He, he just started to become like the Todd Gurley from the Rams and now I believe he's top 10 running back um, as of today. So as of this week, so as of this morning, as of uh, <laughs> he's he's number yeah. eight. He's currently number eight after he Looking accidentally up. fell into the end zone. 
Yeah, the guy's so hot, he can't not score touchdowns. Yeah. For real. And then I feel like they let it ride. And I could see them being a contender, too, with uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson playing the way they are. Yeah. Uh, Joe, which has been more surprising to you? Um, It's hard to say either. Uh you know, this was something that we spoke about early in the season after, I believe it was our post-draft recap. And, you know, Remy and Paul, they always seem to have a pretty solid team. From You know, they like to fill their starting positions before they go and acquire people on the bench. Um, so they always have a pretty solid starting lineup. And they usually tend to stick to that. They don't make many moves unless they absolutely have to. Uh, they don't make many trades, if any. And, you know, they always, you know, sometimes it, it hurts them to do that because, you know, they watch their players just not perform. And, you know, sometimes it hurts them. Last year, I feel like they got off to a very similar start and their team kind of faltered towards the end. Um, Rich does have a lot of talent on his team, absolutely. But, you know, like I said, in the beginning of the season is, you know, with COVID and injuries and everything – it's not just about the team that you draft. So I do think that Richie ended up drafting a very talented team, but he's, a, I mean, he, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's a subpar manager, 100%. There's no negotiating, no talking to him with anything. And he calls me this, this afternoon and goes, yo, I want Aaron Rodgers." <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what, hangs up the phone. <laughs> what, what are you going to give? What are you going to give me him? Like, what are you going to give me for him? I don't know. You tell me. That's on you. I'm like, <laughs> you call me, Rich. I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. I don't know what to tell you. He's like, oh well, I'm willing to give up a running back. I'm like, well, I know it's not Zeke or James Conner, and the only other running backs you have are Le'Veon Bell, Giovanni Bernard, and Carlos Hyde. So it's probably not going to be one of those guys. And uh, you know, that's pretty much where it went to as far as the conversation. I know he's not a sales guy. But, I mean, yeah, it's that's I mean, uh, more like a mechanic. Yeah, it's a tough approach. I, I just think you know, you have a team like that and you manage it a little bit better. You could wheel and deal a little bit. I think he'd be a lot better than one and six. So uh, I'm not yeah. shocked about the one and six star for it. I, okay, so to make a long-winded uh, answer, I'm less shocked about Paul and Remy star and. Uh, less surprised about the start for Rich, but uh, let me let me just let me just say something because Paul and Rem have been winning games when Julio Jones is really not playing the way he he's normally playing. Like I'm surprised about that, and good for them. Um, yeah, Julio Jones had a good game; he had uh, 17 points this past week. But other than that, well, he's only yeah. played three real games. The Green Bay game, he left hurt. Dallas one, he got hurt, and he missed two other games. So they're, they're five and two with the guy only playing three games. The guy that picked them up on the second, I guess the second pick on that Yeah, team. well, they also had CD going absolutely berserk in those games, and now CD lost his value because Danucci is the quarterback. Oh, don't insult Danucci. He's an Danucci. Italian legend. I remember I remember the draft. I don't know who it was. It may be the uh, the the commissioner when they were he was making fun of them picking Hopkins and – and Julio saying, if it was 2016, 2017, that would be a great pick. Nah, but, uh, that, that wasn't me. I only started making fun of him when I saw Leonard Fournette go off the board. 
and Tommy uh, Earl. That was that was definitely that was definitely a Tommy insult or or Canales. I do remember that. Yeah, not I, yeah. I mean, look, they caught a lot of shit for some of the draft picks they made, and I mean, Remy might not have been awake for the whole draft, but it was a good draft because it's not like they made many pickups. Well, they literally just—they've done really well. They still have to kill Harry on their fucking. Miles, Miles, Miles Gaston was a great pickup in yes. addition to that team. Um, but you could look at, like, look at all the teams with pretty good records. You know, I'd say four, five, six wins, and for the most part, they've either had a big free agent acquisition off of an injury. Or their team has stayed relatively healthy. And, I mean, Manny, so-so. But we spoke about Manny Luck, like, the last three pods. Um, but injury, obviously, injuries and health plays a huge factor into this. They lost Leonard Fournette, but he was, you know, he wasn't doing shit in any, in any way. Yeah. But, you know, you lose Leonard Fournette, and, and Miles Gaskin is right there to save you. So, you know, they don't, like I said, they don't make many moves, but they made some pretty good moves early in the season to get them where they are. Bro, I think they made like less than ten moves this season. <laughs> made ten moves in a week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, prop, props to Remy and Paul. They, they, they've they've really been you know doing well. Uh, I mean, I'm just dumbfounded because usually you know you you'd see when you look at a team and you see like they have two great like running backs. Or if you were to tell me that James Conner would not have any injury issues through the first seven weeks of the season, like man, Richie seems got to be really what really good, but. It hasn't – it just hasn't happened. Uh, but, you know, enough talking about him. We'll, we'll talk more about him if he ever trades. But I don't about really, it. I don't really see that happening. All right, here we go, guys. Takeaway five. Kevin Manny. They both have the most wins in the league. Kev is currently ahead of Manny based on a head-to-head matchup. They're both at six and one. My question for you, and Manny, you know, I, I want you to be as objective as possible. Which team do you think is more for real? Joe, we're going to start with you. Sorry, Manny, but I'm going with Kev here. Um, and it's mainly because uh, the quarterback, uh, I, I just think Brady has way too many weapons at his disposal. And Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, when he's healthy, um, they also have some great matchups throughout the rest of the season. But when he's healthy, he's the clear number one wide receiver. Um, and his running backs are very solid. Chris Carson and Kareem Hunt. I, I don't believe that Manny has really any top guys like that in, in as far as running backs or wide receivers go. Adam Thielen is a top guy for sure, but he's not on the level of Devontae Adams. Um, and Cooper Cup is kind of hit or miss in a very run-heavy offense. And, you know, I, I just don't think that – I don't know. I don't think Manny's streak of luck continues. Um, I don't think they're – I don't think either of them are as good as their records indicate. I think that they got pretty fortunate with some of the waiver moves that, that they made or, uh, you know, Kev was riding on, you know, the injury of Nick Chubb and getting Mike Davis in free agency. So, you know, that helped propel them to a 6-1 and one start. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a little rougher second half of the season for both of them. Manny, how about you? Do you think your team is more for real than Cavs? Or do, uh, do I'll tell abstain? you what. Kev has the more high high names. He has the, uh, 
the names that have uh, the most popularity. Um, but given the fact, like, I feel like his running backs are, are getting hurt now. I feel like Kevin was one of the teams that wasn't really getting injuries. And now the fact that Chris Carson just got injured and we don't know when Austin Eckler will be coming back, I feel like those two will be um, something that will carry his team to to the end. Um, yeah, Tom Brady has legit, like, he has the best receiving core in the NFL now. Um, that I could give you that, but and Devontae Adams, those two, I feel like those two are his best players on his team. And and like I said, with the injury the fact, so hopefully I'm banking on. I'm not banking on injuries, but I'm banking on like him having tough matchups and and which will help me because I believe I have I believe I have good matchups going forward. Um, talking about my schedule wise and uh, but yeah, I could if I could talk about my team. Um, I, I feel like Justin Herbert is one of the guys that could lead you to a championship. Um, I. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. Like you're wrong. Top, I think he's like top. He's, he'll finish top ten. Oh uh, yeah, I mean he's definitely a top ten quarterback. There's no doubt about it. I, I think that there's a lot of quarterbacks right now with immense ceilings, and the one thing that helps Herbert is his rushing ability. Um, but you know, you have obviously Kyler Murray. You have, you know. Mm-hmm. Lamar well, yeah. Jackson, Pat Mahomes, you know, all of these guys, and and there's there's a lot of quarterbacks right now that present very high ceilings, which is nice. He's um, he's QB fourteen with a bye week and not playing week one, and he's had one game under twenty three points. I think the most important thing to think about when you have Justin Herbert as your starting quarterback is that. At the end of the day, he's a rookie, and no matter how good he looks from start to start, it's not always smooth sailing for rookies. You know, I just saw when Michael put, uh, pulled up week 13 matchup against New England. You know, he's going to go into New England, or actually it might be in, in, in L.A., but regardless, Bill Belichick knows how to handle rookies. Um, you know, that, that's the one thing to, you well, know, I hope show you get a buy so you get to play Atlanta. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, you, there definitely there's nice matchups, and I think Justin Herbert again, he's got a great disposal of weapons too, and especially when Austin Eckler gets back healthy, if he gets back healthy this year. Um, but it's not always smooth sailing for rookies, and I think that's where you know you need to think about it a little. But he, he's exciting. He's a lot of fun to watch. I didn't like watching him this week, but uh, yeah. he's definitely he's an awesome player. But but again, I I just made that a little no for week thirteen. Just to, if I still have Ryan Tannehill on my team. I'll just put him in. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm glad that I have uh, another top ten quarterback right now on my team. So fair. I have uh, I have plugs in, but my receiving core so bad. It, it, listen, guys, <laughs> it's so bad, but I keep winning. Anthony says I score the lowest points, but then now I score 135. Do I have the what? What's the luck now, Mus? I just don't know. I don't know how to claim being a good manager look I, I mean here's the thing the two teams that we're talking about you guys are one and two in points allowed you guys face the least amount of points against your teams which that's not your fault you guys literally don't get they to got choose fantasy that. Defense. yeah you play that fantasy defense that's what it is 
so that's like Kev's third defense because he already has two on his roster. So that's like Kev's wet dream right there. Uh, I mean, Kev has more firepower from that standpoint, but Kev has a lot more question marks in my eyes. And it's, it's, a, oh, it's all the injuries surrounding his guys. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's got Devontae Adams who can drop 40 points every single week. But other than that, I mean, Claypool, if all those receivers are healthy, it's going to be dicey every week playing him. You know, Jamison Crowder hasn't really been healthy, and there's still a potential that he gets traded. Then, I mean, he's got, you know, the running backs, and I think the one big benefit for Kev's team is because he's 6-1, and one, he has a very high probability that he's going to be in a very good position to get Austin Eckler back in time for the playoffs. Carson will be back. He's going to have Hunt. So he's going to have three running backs to play, and then it just depends on him choosing the right secondary receiver. Uh, I mean, he's also got to hope that with Tua coming in that uh, Gusecki's going to turn it around because he's been averaging like one or two catches a game the last like four weeks. So it's been really rough sledding for that guy. Uh, Manny, I mean, look, you're, you're winning every matchup you've had. I'm worried about your team. I think, you know, looking at the teams around you guys that you guys are potentially playing, unless something drastically happens via a trade for one of you guys that's going to, you know, make your lineup a little more potent, I think you guys are probably both looking at, you know, first-round exits that are like one and done. So if you got to buy, you're losing the semis. But, you know, just just the way some of these other teams are built. Now, I could be completely wrong. You know, I may, when we had the podcast a couple weeks ago and you picked up Herbert, I laughed at you. I was like, why are you picking up Herbert when you have Dak Prescott? Well, Dak Prescott broke his ankle and, or, uh, you know, and he, he's not coming back. So it actually looked like a genius move by you because you probably wouldn't have gotten him in free agency the next week. I, well, I, I don't think that our best teams – Right now, record-wise, are the best teams in the league. No, because the best team is currently at two and five. <laughs> Yikes! Um, but yeah, I think when you know, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be one and dones with with Manny and and uh, Kev. I think Manny finishes the season six and seven, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I it's gonna it's gonna be. I mean, it's tough to say that. It's tough to say what what the team's gonna look like six weeks from now. What pickups are gonna be available week one of the playoffs? Um, but when you start to see these teams get you know guys healthy and then some potential rookie rookie running backs, rookie wide receivers breaking out in the second half of the season when they start to earn larger roles, it's really gonna change the you know the the face and the shape of a lot of these teams. And when you have a guy who can take over like that and you can throw them in your flex, you're sitting pretty. I still think that when it comes down to it, Anthony has the scariest team when fully healthy. But I think it might be too late for him to make a run. Well, that's and, great because that leads um, us that leads us to our sixth um, question. <laughs> that leads yeah, us to the so, sixth takeaway. And 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 the main reason why I say that is because of the tie. My tie with Skiff could potentially screw any six and seven team out of the playoff this year. Cause generally we have what we have six teams make the playoffs, right? And uh, the two top teams get a buy. And usually that six team in the playoff is 
a six and seven team. I think it's been but four, my four tie with six years. regardless of points scored, because that would be the the tiebreaker on a six and seven team. I can't be passed because of that tie now, because if they have seven losses, I'm six, six and one if I get to six wins. So um that's one thing that's saving my ass, and I think it's gonna hurt, you know, potentially Canales, whose team looks a lot better, and Anthony, who I think he has got a very good team. Um, it's just, you know, one win or, or one loss or two losses is going to do him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, speaking of Anthony and, and Joe, we, we pretty much just got your gauge on it. My my sixth takeaway is defending champion Anthony is he's hopeful he gets CMC back this week. Now, I've seen things that they have to activate him from IR by, tom- by tomorrow, Thursday, 4 p.m. by 4 p.m. Now, I've read reports that what the Panthers did was this was all a ploy just to try to get – it's like some gamesmanship to get the the uh, Atlanta Falcons to game plan for CMC and then they're not going to activate him. So that's why, they, you know, he came with the red practice jersey like, oh, or the non-contact jersey because he's hurt. He's not going to practice and he switches and now there's a bunch of reports coming out like, oh, Chris McCaffrey's practicing, but he's still, he's still on uh, the IR. He hasn't been activated yet. Even Dallas Goddard got activated, but he hasn't. So I still stand by that. I don't think he's playing. I doubt it. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not on the team. I mean, the, the Panthers are they're they're trying to win. They're trying to make the playoffs. So maybe they will. But my question to you, Manny, is by the time CMC actually returns, will it even matter for Anthony? Like, does do you think he actually has a chance to make the playoffs? Because if you beat him this week. He's pretty much has to run the table to make the playoffs. Right, and, and that's going to be tough. And, and you could look at the standings now. Uh, other than the top three teams right now, are definitely will probably make the playoffs. But all the other ones, it is so close. So he has to bank. Yeah, he has to win, but he also has to bank on the other teams to lose. So that's really, that's really hard. That's really hard. Um like Joey said, his scheme, his teams are scariest. Actually, the two, the two, two and five teams right now, like Canales changed his team around, and, and it looks really good. But is it too late? They need the other, the other teams to lose. So it, it's not on. It's luck's not on their side. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of luck not being on our side, <laughs> Team TNT is fourth in points scored. And they are what second to last? We've allowed the second most points allowed. You're a horrendous manager. Give it up. So I mean, man, oh man, you can't really catch a break at two and five, I guess. But I mean, but Manny, to your point, if you really think about it, this week Team TNT plays Richie, a two and five versus a one and six. That's essentially a playoff eliminator right there. Whoever loses is completely out. They have no shot at making it. And then just my team alone, next week I play Canales. Me and C play Canales. That's another playoff eliminator. Those four teams at the bottom, so Team TNT, Anthony, Canales, and Richie, pretty much need to start winning out. Like, yes, they're allowed one more loss along the way, but a lot of these games coming up, they're all interdivision, so we're going to be playing each other. Like, Anthony Anthony and Canales already played each other, so Anthony has the head-to-head. But like no I still have to, I don't think head I think to head is head to head is still the 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 tiebreaker. 
I thought it was just points. No, it's it's head to head unless it gets convoluted, then it, it then it becomes to uh, points scored. Uh, so so then so there you have it, people. We only basically have two more episodes on this pod, and then once the commissioner's out of the the playoff run, the, the pod's over. No, no, no. Look, <laughs> all right. If I've been on the pod through two and five. We'll keep the pod going. Right? I'm not one of these other managers who likes to only pop up when they win. He's right? fair weather manager. I, 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 I'll stick it through regardless. I'm a fair weather manager. We, we, we just won't talk about my team. Now you you came back after a loss. Yeah. All I right. I don't have no clothes. Also, one thing, too, is the only thing that I, I'm very confused about is the, the perception of – injured players values and when it comes time because in this in these scenarios where you have um you know guys potentially facing elimination with one more loss meaning that their season is over forget the dress like the dress is that's just icing on the cake but once you realize that you're eliminated from playoffs at, at you know seven six seven whatever losses that hurts and so that comes to the point of if Christian McCaffrey is ruled out, does that put him on the market for another team to acquire? And in my eyes, I would sell Christian. I would sold Christian McCaffrey in three weeks ago, four weeks ago, probably. But uh, I was having a conversation with Anthony today because he was asking me. He said you know, he wants to buy a, a running back from me if Christian McCaffrey is out. And I said, well, what's Christian McCaffrey's price? And he said, you can't afford him. And, you know, I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So I was like, just, you know, just throwing it out there. I said, well, what about Jonathan Taylor? And he goes, LOL, Christian McCaffrey scores twice the points in a week that Jonathan Taylor does. And I said, how many points has he scored over the last six weeks? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, that, that's not the point. Well, no, that, that exactly is the point. Because if he's ruled out this week, and Jonathan Taylor has 25 points, that's 25 more points than Christian McCaffrey got you this week. So he's valueless to you right now. But if you lose and you're out of the playoffs, then you're done. So are you just like, that's where it confuses me. If, if owners are willing to go down with the ship, then trade a name that could potentially help them two weeks from now. Right, but if an owner, if an owner has... Of a, a, a big name like Christian McCaffrey still on their lineup, it's going to be hard for them to trade them. They, they want more than their value. I, well, I agree with you there. Um, he, like you said, he should have traded in week three. And that's when he should. That's when he should have get, started getting the offers. But we're in week going in week eight, and Christian McCaffrey, if, if he don't play, if he doesn't play this week, which the Panthers are going to know that Anthony's playing me, so that's. Obviously, he's not playing. Um, <laughs> and that's it. He's shit out of luck, and it's too late. It's too late. It's not. Even, I, I believe for you, I don't think it's even worth asking him because he's like he said. Like, what, what did he tell you? Um, you can't afford it. Jonathan Taylor is a no in his eyes. Who is a, I think is a surefire, locked and loaded, top ten running back this week. So, based off of that. Who is of value to acquire Christian McCaffrey? Because if he's out this week, he's also out next week as well. So, you know, what it, what it comes like, who who are you looking? Are you looking for Alvin Kamara? Are you looking for Derrick Henry? 
Are you looking for, you know, the top two, three running backs? Is that what value is? Because that I think he's looking for more depth. I think he's looking for like, oh, okay, I'll give you Christian McCaffrey. You got to give me a couple position players. That's how I feel like he, he's he, like. Couple position players? Couple of, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have to get on my soapbox there. I, I, no, I, I think you bring up a good point. And I, I think that what it comes down to, and I mean, this is, and you could probably say Canales probably gets it the best. And I think, but it's also just the mentality that he has, like where he's just so very willy nilly to trade people. He's um, a gambler. Yeah. It helps and it hurts. No, it, 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 but it is. But I mean, like, look, if you're not trading, you're not trying, especially in the predicament that you are. Look, you just literally brought brought up Richie who called you earlier. He's like, I want so-and-so. Okay, let's make a deal. Like, a deal could have literally been hashed on the phone if you really wanted him, if you really want to go and turn a season around. You know, and, I mean, you could say me and Steve are, are, are guilty. We've only made one move. We're two and five. I mean, like, I think our roster oh, is – I think our roster is good, but, I mean, it's clearly not good enough that we're not winning. I mean, we have some pieces, but, like, now, like, we have all these pieces. Like, Chase Edmonds could be a league winner – but he's not winning the SGL league because <laughs> we might not be around by the time he's scoring all these fucking points. Um, you guys could be the spoiler. Yeah, I'm. but how great is that? Just spoiling the fun and then watching everybody else play week 14, 15. Well, then you 16. shouldn't hold on to your guys like they're your prized possessions. And maybe you should start making some moves. I already looked at your schedule for next week. You have like three, three or four starters well, on by. Yeah, that's because it's time to start making moves. That's because half of my team is Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams. That's why I have so many bye weeks. Right. And so, then watch, Will Fuller's going to get traded this play. week, and then he's not going to be able to play next week either. He's going to get traded to the fucking Packers, play. and then he's going to sit out for COVID all week, and I'm going to miss that guy for another week. That will be really. That's fun. another interesting point too. Is watch. I know the trade deadline is next week, right? Yeah, but teams are going to trade this week. Teams are going to trade earlier to try to because get those COVID guys protocols. COVID. Yeah, because COVID protocols they require you to test negative five days straight to enter the facilities. So in order for a player to be traded at the deadline, they won't be available till the following week. So if they get their trades done this week, they'll be eligible to play. Hopefully, if they pass all the COVID tests, they'll be eligible to play in week nine, as opposed to week 10, if the deal is made at the deadline. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to watch. And I think that Will Fuller is a guy who could definitely move. I mean, I hope he doesn't move. Um, but I mean, I'm sure none of the GMs are saying, Hey, Hey, hey Kamish, I know you have Will Fuller in all, in all of your leagues. What's your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> Do you really prefer us to trade him? No. Hey, I'll tell you what. And I, I mean, it would be beautiful and Green Bay, they are one of the league leaders in deep passes this year. Aaron Rodgers has, I think, one of the highest average depth of targets in his career. So if Will Fuller goes there on top of Devontae Adams, I mean, Devontae Adams is going to get a ton of cover. I mean, he obviously draws a ton of attention. And, you know, it's going to be how Will Fuller used to break free all the time. And, you know, I think Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers throws, you know, the deep pass like, Nobody else. I think the only person who's got a better deep ball than him is Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, Rogers having a great year. It looks like he, whatever step he had lost, he seemed to he's found it and he's bounced back. I mean, like as a Wolf Fuller owner, 
I'm sure it'd be great for the Packers or whoever, whatever team goes and gets him. Honestly, look, if he goes somewhere, I hope it's the Packers and not the fucking Patriots because that would just be a disaster. Okay. Yeah. That would that would just destroy every that would destroy his whole value. At least I mean, if he went to the Packers, I would be able to tr- maybe potentially trade him for something that is equal, so I don't have to worry about the transition. Yeah, you could trade him right to me. I, as a as a Aaron Rodgers owner, I would fully endorse that move. Of course you would. But b- back to the, the 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 portion that we were talking about at hand, with you know alluding to Anthony or just other teams in general. It comes to the point where, and and I had mentioned Canales because like he'll go and just sell things. He'll lose on a deal, you know, that's not in his favor to go and get exactly what he thinks he needs to get a win that week. And especially these teams trying to play a week by week game now, trying to make the playoffs. You know, like all right, I could understand not wanting to give up your core player, but if your core player is not playing that week, so for instance, let's say I was in a must win this week, which I, I am. But let's say Derrick Henry was on a bye, which which he's not. He already had his bye. Like, if I really needed a running back, I would have to really contemplate selling Derrick Henry, not for like a Miles Gaskin, but for a guy who's a little bit lesser than him, because I need the starter this week to try to go and get the win. And I think that's the way some of these people need to go and look at it. You know, like, hey, you're taking this guy on a bye. You know, okay, like if I was going to go and, and I reached out to Manny yesterday and he never responded, but I asked him if he was interested in Amari Cooper. <laughs> I did, I did. Let me, let me, you did I not answer. So don't I say you answered me. Early. You didn't yeah, fucking answer up. me. No, I know I didn't. But that's also a person, uh, that's also a player that needs to be traded for you to win. Okay, so but like I, I reached out to you I was like, hey, do you have any interest in Amari Cooper? You didn't answer. I mean, I, I asked a couple people who, who – Enter, entertain me, but I was like, all right, boom. Yeah, he tried to trade me Amari Cooper today, too. I did. I even talked to Skiff as well. So, and I didn't talk to Jaeger. But, you know, and I was like, all right, Cooper, oh, all right, so you can say what you want to say about Danucci being the quarterback now. It's going to go back to Dalton. And even then, he's been light. He's had tons of volume in general. Yeah. But, like, those teams, I try to reach out to teams that, you know, I felt were safe enough to go and make the playoffs and that would actually entertain me in talks. Two out of the three happened. One person still hasn't responded to me. So what happened, so, you, yeah, we were waiting and you could have still responded to that text from yesterday, but you didn't. So, you know, what I was thinking is like, all right, look, you're already safe. This could just be a move for the playoffs for you. I need something to help me win immediately. And that's the thing. Like, look, even if Anthony goes on this rampant run, let's say McCaffrey comes back next week. You know, when Anthony loses this, he goes to two and six and needs to win out. Guess who has a week 13 bye? Christian McCaffrey. So Anthony's going to have to have at least one more week of no Christian McCaffrey, where he could have traded him two weeks ago and got a really good receiver and a really good running back. He could have got a two for one for the promise of what McCaffrey is. Two for one he could have he could have easily gone and done that, and I could probably go and pick three or four teams in the SGL and conduct a team that would have given him that. You know, I could have even stepped into Richie's team and like, all right, Richie could have given him James Conner and Kenny Galladay for McCaffrey and something else, and it would have easily worked out. Richie would have had two workhorse running backs that could have, you know, maybe, you know, obviously he's one in six anyway. It wouldn't have helped him, but if this was a couple weeks ago. It would have been like a, a like you know a huge blockbuster deal that would have 
put Anthony in a better record than what he's at now. But, I mean, that's all hindsight. So we really shouldn't spend too much more time on that. But before we get out of here, let's quickly go over the Week 8 matchups. We'll do some quick predictions, and then we'll get out of here. All right, so let's take a look at these Week 8 matchups here in the SGL. We're going to give our picks and our X factors. We're going to start with a, I wouldn't say a title eliminator. It's more like uh, someone just trying to get a little bit closer to putting on one of those dresses. We got Team TNT at 2-5 and five, taking on 1-6 Richie Benner. Manny, who's your pick? Who's your X factor? See, if I was in your situation, I would be a little nervous because this is the type of week that uh, the last place guy beats someone to get out of um, the playoff run. So it's going to be a close one. I, I, I would like you to win. <laughs> I'm, pay, I'm playing favorites here. Yeah, Richie. Yeah, you already know. Uh, I got you winning. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the matchups here in front of me. I see that you got all the check check marks here. But even though you are projected, oh no, you're projected to win. Yeah, you're projected to win. But I I have you winning with Derrick Henry being a beast against Cincinnati. All right, Joe, how about you? Um, I actually I think it's you, and I don't think it's all that close. Um, you know, top to bottom, I think you have some pretty great matchups. Joe Burrow against Tennessee, Henry against Cincinnati. Um, Amari Cooper's matchup, I hate. Darius Slay shuts him down all the time. Uh, Boyd against Tennessee, Rodgers and Scott against Dallas are all tremendous matchups. And then you look on the other side, Carolina is actually a very sneaky matchup that's not great for quarterbacks. And they've done it pretty quietly, which is, I mean, it's kind of cool. And they use Russell Douglas. To do it, an ex Philly who was terrible in Philadelphia, but I think that's more because Schwartz is an idiot. Um, Zeke against Philly with Danucci as the possible quarterback, great run defense. Zeke is going to go nowhere near that projected points of 17. I really don't think so. James Conner against Baltimore, tough run defense. Kenny Galladay against Indy, very tough pass defense. Deontay Johnson against Baltimore, same situation. Mark Andrews against Pittsburgh. He's got tough matchups top to bottom. I think you take this one. I don't think it's all that close. I love how you put Boston Scott in now. I had Boston Scott. I, I was planning on playing Boston Scott this entire time. I, I needed to play week. That would have that would have been my flex, Manny. I would have beat you. Yeah, I mean, hell, yeah. if I actually played him last week too, I would have won. But that's that doesn't matter. Fuck you, Tyler. All right, next we've got the man. Two teams going in opposite directions. Kev at six and one taking on the three and four R and B Manny. Who's your pick? I I think I I think I have um, Paul and Rem. I mean Roger and Roger <laughs> and Brandon winning. Sorry, I, I know it was a, a combo team, but um, I, I did say it's going to be a high scoring team. Uh, I do like the matchup that that Roger and uh, Brandon. Uh, so. They're going to win it. Um, I see age is going to pass his, what's his projected, 15.5? Yeah, I think he's going to pass that easily. He's going to have a couple touchdowns. And uh, Josh Allen needs to do something. I feel like this is the game 
um, that he's going to turn it around finally because he's been he hasn't been playing the last three weeks, and um, this will determine if he's a legit uh, playoff quarterback. Joe, how about you? Uh, so I'm really torn here because when you see Tom Brady, Kareem Hunt, and Devontae Adams with matchups like that, Kareem Hunt should be in an absolute smash spot against Las Vegas, and Devontae Adams should kill Minnesota secondary. Um, but then you see you know, Josh Allen against New England. I think if Josh Allen has a big game, and I think he can, I think he can have a big game. Um, because New England is, is more of a man coverage team. And with that, you know, them playing a lot of man coverage, that's going to leave Josh Allen a lot of room to scramble. So I think he could pick up a lot of points with his legs. And, you know, Manny already mentioned Clyde Edwards Lair's got a good matchup against the Jets. And if Josh Allen hits one for Stefan, you know, with Stefan Diggs deep for a touchdown, I, I'm going to go with Roger and Brandon on this mm-hmm. one, but I think it's going to be close. And I do think, you know, Devontae Adams is in one of those blow-up spots again with Kareem Hunt. So it's it's going to be a pretty tough matchup, pretty cool matchup. Well, Adam, yeah. Adam scored 40-plus points the last time he played the Vikings in week one. I'm actually going to go against you guys here. I'm going to take uh, Kev here, and it's – one, Josh Allen has always struggled against New England. It doesn't matter if they're a little bit different. Ben or uh, Big Bill Belichick really knows how to play Allen, so I think he's going to lock him down. And then Alaire, I know a lot of people are thinking like, all right, Alaire is going to, you know, and Manny, you, you mentioned you think he's going to go game. over. Yes, Lev Bell is going to score two touchdowns against the Jets in this revenge game to shove it up Adam Gates's butthole, and Alaire is going to get under his projection. All right, so that that's where I'm going with that. On the flip side, Tom Brady is – I think Tom Brady, man, I think this is going to be – this is kind of like a revenge game. The Giants have beaten him in two Super Bowls. This is his time to go and shine and really shove it up their ass on Monday Night Football, show them that, you know, the, it, this Tampa Bay team is going in a complete opposite direction that the New England Patriots are going in. So I'm going to take Kev. I think it's going to be close. It's obviously going to have to come down to that Monday night game with Brady uh, putting on a show, and hopefully he stays in the game or throws enough in that game for Kev to come back and win because I expect he'll be down about 20-plus points, maybe 23 points to be exact going into Monday night. Next matchup we have here is Maddie at four and three, who had a big bounce back win last week, and he is taking on Skiff, who Skiff is now what he's he's on a losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. He tied and then lost two in a row. Very unlike Skiff, who many people think he has the most potent team in the league. Manny, we're going to start with you. Who's your pick here? It, this is going to be tough, but if Aaron Aaron Jones does not play. Um, uh, Skip's gonna legit take it because I don't know if Matt has another running back other than Devontae Freeman. Um, but so yeah, Skip will Skip Skip's on the losing record. He lost two in a row. I think he's gonna get in the win column this week. I think DK Metcalf will, will uh, he was 17.3. He's projected that's his average. Yeah, oh, that's projected average. 11.3. I don't think – I think he'll get close to it. He's not going to go over it, but um, Skiff will take it um, against Matt. Oh, and looking at Drew Brees' matchup against Chicago, yeah, uh, 
it's it's going to go down to the quarterback play. So I don't know if I, I was expecting Matt was going to pick up a quarterback this morning. I don't think he did, but um, I think he's going to leave it like that. So Skiff will take it. Right, Joe, how about you? Uh, you know, I think that I, th- I want to say Skiff's going to take it. I think he's going to get back on it. His his wide receivers are, you know, on point. And, um, you know, I know he's got Jarvis Landry in there right now. I personally would not play Jarvis Landry. I think I would play Mike Evans with Chris Godwin now because his splits without Chris Godwin are awesome. His splits with Chris Godwin are terrible. Um, Kamara's got a tough matchup, but he's pretty matchup proof. I, you know, the only thing I don't like right now is his RB2 situation. Um, however, if Aaron Jones doesn't play, Matt's already starting in a big hole. And, you know, unless the Buccaneers D can score him 30 points, which I think they can against the Giants on Monday night, Matt's not going to have a real shot. Um, I'm going to go with, with Skiff here because he's got Russell Wilson. He's facing Drew Brees. All right. I, I mean, to me, I think the X factor, it's got to come down to this Metcalf versus Lockett matchup. If you really look at it, after when Lockett had his other blow-up game for the three touchdowns a couple weeks ago, he put up two duds back-to-back. That could end up happening, and if that does, I think it's going to sink Maddie. Manny, you, you did bring up a good point with the fact that, you know, it's Drew Brees against uh, Russell Wilson, you know, just looking at their quarterbacks. So uh, I, I do think Skiff gets back into the win column. Uh, I mean, I also – I mean, just the, the Packers are so conservative, so I don't see Aaron Jones playing, which is going to be a huge benefit for, you know, the next matchup that we're going to talk about, which is Manny at 6-1 and one, taking on the man who must despise your record the taking most. Taking on the unlucky guy in SGL history. Yeah, he's so unlucky. He, he only has two more titles uh, than – me and you. Uh, but you're taking on Anthony Manny, so we're going to let you refrain from giving your prediction. Uh, Joe, look, all right, so McCaffrey already has projected zero points, but Anthony's still projected to beat Manny by about nine points. Who do you think wins here? <laughs> uh, um, I think that Anthony is going to pull this one out. I, you know, when I look at these matchups, and I know Manny's going to get Jamal Williams against Minnesota, but I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have one of those classic games where he's going to, you know, throw for three or four touchdowns, maybe because I have him on my team. Um, you know, Jamal Williams is good, but I think what it's going to come down to is, you know, Cooper Cup against Miami is a so-so matchup. It's not great. It's not terrible. Adam Thielen can be slowed by Jair Alexander. And Rashard Higgins is a complete wild card. Like, yeah, Baker looked great last week, but he only threw 28 passes. So he threw five touchdowns on 28 passes. That's a team that wants to be very run heavy. Um, you look on the opposite side, even if Christian McCaffrey, even if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, you have Mahomes against the Jets. Montgomery against New Orleans, not a great matchup, but where he's going to make his money is these three guys, A.J. Brown against Cincinnati, Travis Fulgham against Dallas, and George Kittle against Seattle. George Kittle against Seattle is going to put up monster numbers. That is one of the best passing matchups you can see your quarterback and wide receivers and tight end alike because he's going to be the number one target. I, it would not shock me to see George Kittle put up 25 points on Sunday. All right. Um, you know, 
Anthony does have the matchups. You know, he his team has come a long way since the the trash one that he drafted. Um, you know, back when we were in climber. So I mean, I I think it's going to be in his favor, but I just I I have this sick and twisted thought in my head that <laughs> it something is going to end up happening to where. Manny's going to end up winning, and then Anthony's just going to go in full tilt mode because Manny yeah, got postal. lucky with everything else. And, and you know, I, I mean, I if McCaffrey's out, Anthony's got to figure out another running back to plug in. And Montgomery, they're projecting for 15 points. I don't know how he gets 15 points. The Saints, the only thing that defense can do good, well is stop the run. And Montgomery has been a horseshit as a running back anyway. I think the only yeah, reason why he's been – yeah, the only reason why he's been sustainable is his pass catching. He's had five catches, four catches, seven, three. It's like that's literally been the only thing that's been afloat. But even then, he's only gone over 18, 15 points two times all season. So, I mean, I don't see him hitting that projection of 15, especially against that defense. Jamal Williams, Manny, it's going to be huge if Jamal Williams is the starter again in that matchup. So, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And I mean, I really like the Richard Higgins pickup. That's one of the guys I act. He's actually, I think my number one claim. But do you guys, all right, look at, look, look at Patrick Mahomes and the way you guys were talking about this in the pod earlier. Yeah. He's Patrick Mahomes projected a 26.2. Do you think he's going to hit that? Do you think it's going to be a run game? Do you think that it's just going to be level, as you said, and see CEH scoring four touchdowns combined? See, and, and that, I think it, I I I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna put some money on it. I think Lev Bell scores at like at least one, but I think he's gonna score two touchdowns. Wow, you know, and and, and I think he's wow. going. I think oh, just money. because the revenge game, just because. And if you really think about it, when Lev Bell got released, the three most popular destinations that everyone was linking him to were like three of the neck, like the Jets' next like three games or whatever it was. So it's because Lev wanted to have a chance to just go and shove it up his ass. And, I, you know, I think Andy Reid's going to give him that, like let him at least get in the end zone once, and they'll probably get him more touches. Like I don't know if Mahomes hits the 26 points. He could do it in the first quarter because, like, they can literally just trounce the Jets. But I don't see them needing to go and do that. Like, if you really yeah, think but about you're, it, also, you're also taking away and saying that these running backs are going to score – both of these running backs are very capable in the pass game. Yes. You know, and, 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 you know, Mahomes, I don't know, how much, how many points did Mahomes score last week? 14. 14. So he is, he was six points away from a 20 point game. And Clyde Edwards Alaire dropped a five yard touchdown. You know, like these are, they're, they're little things that, you know, make a big difference in the end, but a 20 point game. I do think a 24-point or a 26-point game from Pat Mahomes against the Jets, you know, albeit in three quarters, I think it's very realistic when he has the weapons that he has, when he has Travis Kelsey, when he has Tyreek Hill who can get deep. You know, like he has way more weapons than the Jets can handle, and he could easily throw three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. Do you think they'd pull him out? I don't think that they'll bench them, but I think that they may go more run heavy. Absolutely. I, I believe the spread for this game is like minus 20 or minus it's 21. It's 19 and a half. Oh, it's, no, it's 19. Right now. Yeah, they're pulling them out after the third quarter. I, so I mean, yeah. look, they could or they could just go extremely run heavy. <laughs> it's, but, me. But, it's me, right? It's me. But the crazy <laughs> thing is, and and like, and like, this is what I was like trying to like, with the the way 
the Chiefs are, they can go and drop back, and Mahomes can have like three 40-plus yard touchdowns in this game. You know, like that. That's if if it, if the game flow goes that way, then Manny, you're probably screwed. But if they get like you know a couple of short touchdowns, I really see Reed giving the ball to uh, to Lev Bell. I I mean, it could be in the it could be a pass. I mean, how many times have we all seen? I think it's been like four or five times with Mahomes alone, where they do they have the guy run uh, the jet motion and they just pitch it right to him, and it counts as a passing touchdown for Mahomes. So that can easily happen. You can get you can diddly, get diddly dicked that way too. But I mean, I I kind of think I could I kind of think between Mahomes and Montgomery, they both go below their projection, which might make it a little bit closer for you. And if and here's the other kicker for you, Manny, if Melvin Gordon gets the backfield to himself uh, with Philip Lindsay Stone concussion protocol, if you look at his stats, I mean, the Tampa Bay game was rough, but. You know, he had 25 points against the Jets. If he's able to go and do that for you, that's, you know, that's going to be very, very rewarding. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, it, and I think, you know, if he'll definitely be able to get you over his projected points if uh, Phil Blinsey is out. And he's, he's still not even clear from a concussion, so it's going to be harder for him to get into. But enough of that matchup. Let's get into a very interesting one, the Battle of Neighbors. And I guess Mike's roommate, because Remy practically lives there. We got Remy and Pale taking on Canals. This is uh, it might be one of the higher projected matchups of the week. I know the Skiff and Matt one was pretty up there as well. But Joe, we're gonna start with you. Who, who's your pick this week? The Battle of the Neighbors. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to lean Paul and Rem here, and. I think I'm leaning that way. Actually, you know what? Let me look at these matchups real quick before I say anything. You know, this matchup, I really, I really hope I'm, I wish I was like a fly on the wall. And we do know that Mike has flies in this place, but. Because um, <laughs> his dog pisses and shits everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you could just hear Mike yelling and one and one in his apartment and you hear Paul on the other. And then in the middle, you see Rem passing out in the front of the stoop. Like, I, I wish I could just be there. <laughs> um okay so i actually i think i'm gonna change my stance i don't love mike's matchups uh for his running backs you know ronald jones he looked fantastic but you know last week he was just not as utilized in in, in basically in in the past game and in in dime packages and but i think his, his wide receiver matchups are far too good lamar jackson against pittsburgh i actually think lamar jackson shows out this week against pittsburgh big time because this is going to be one of the games that Baltimore actually has to stay in it and isn't, you know, can't just, you know, sit back and coast. Possibly Mark Ingram out will maybe cause him to run a little bit more. I know last week before the bye, Lamar Jackson had 11 designed runs against Philadelphia, which was his uh, season high, and he had 101 yards and a touchdown. So I think Lamar Jackson is, is ready to take off in the second half. Um, I think Mike actually might sneak out a victory here. I think it's going to be close. Um, and the main reason why I say that is I don't love C.D. Lamb against Philly uh, with their quarterback situation. And uh, that's that's one of my biggest, you know, kind of worry about that lineup. Yeah, and you know, it is going to be very close. And my matchup, I, I would like – I could see Canales pulling it off too, but like – 
Lamar Jackson versus Pitt, I, I just don't know, which is going to be a great game. I think I heard like Ben Roethlisberger never played against Lamar, so that would be cool to watch. But I don't know. I, I think the X factor will be coming down to the quarterbacks. Uh, Jimmy playing against Seattle, and I feel like you could pass all over Seattle's defense. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to it, but I think uh, I would like Mike to win because I know he traded all these picks, uh, I mean all these players, but I, I think that Raymond Paul will pull it off by a smidge. By a smidgen. This game is definitely going to come down to Monday night, the way it's kind of shaken up. And, and like, and that's just because, you know, it's going to be Leonard Fournette against Ronald Jones. Who's going to get more of that running work? Who's going to get more? Like last week, it looked like Fournette started to, you know, really eat into that workload. And was that just a one-game thing? Is this going to be a daily thing, especially in a game where they might be winning in a blowout? I know they are on the road and stuff like that, but that could be a blowout of a game where does that mean that they give more, Rojo more run or is it, you know, is the tide turning it going to become more of a Fournette game? But Gurley, I mean, he's been playing really well of late. The whole – who knows what, what's going to happen with C.D. Lamb. Danucci seems to only have eyes for Amari Cooper, or at least that's just the way I see it. Uh, you know, Darren Waller is an absolute baller and Cleveland's bad against tight ends. And then, I mean, Mike's got some questionable plays, though. I mean, the Dolphins' D, yeah, they were really good, but look who the Dolphins' D played as to why they're as high as they are. They're number nine, but they also had 20 points against San Fran in a crazy game where Jimmy G was hurt going in, and then 21 against the Jets. Yeah, that's, so, that's risky. <laughs> I mean, and then their other double-digit point game was against Jacksonville, but we, we all saw that Thursday night game, how crazy that was. All the other teams that they played, they haven't done as well. And the Rams can score some points. They're a very good offense. Keenan Allen's an absolute baller. Tyreek Hill, I mean, the game flow of that game can be completely different. You know, if that if they get a big lead, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Tyreek Hill's never going to touch the ball. But, I mean, he's you might not get four quarters worth of Tyreek Hill. You might only get three or two and a half. So, I mean, I'm going to go Remy and Paul. Uh, I like their matchup's better, and I'm also – I mean, look, me and Mike have the same record, so I need him to lose. I need this, you know, to to wean out so I have more of a chance at making. I need the teams that win or that are winning to continue to win. And speaking of teams that I need to win, this is an interesting one. Our final matchup of the, of the week is going to be Team JRT's Tommy, who bounced back and get a win. They're at 3-4, and four, taking on a 3-3-1 three, three and one Joe. We'll let we'll ref, let Joe refrain from giving his prediction because uh, I don't. I want to give my prediction. You want to give your prediction? Joe got the team coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Look at who we got. The newly assembled. Yeah, <laughs> Joey's playing DFS in a season-long league. That's what this is. Every single <laughs> week, it's a different. Joey received back from DeAndre Swift. I know he traded that player earlier in the season. Or or not Welcome even couple weeks. Welcome <laughs> back, baby. Well, a week apart. Yeah, you, and, uh, you, you did go and get DeAndre Swift back. So, but Joe, you 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 got some things you want to say about your matchup? Uh, I mean, no, I I think that uh, you know, Bridgewater's a good play. I you know, I still may make some moves before Sunday, so I can't say that this is going to be my roster that's locked in. Um, 
But immediately the things that stand out are both of our quarterbacks have pretty good matchups. I think Aaron Rodgers is an absolute smash play against Minnesota. Um, but looking at this matchup right away, it you know, health depending on Mike Thomas versus Allen Robinson. Um, you know, both are questionable going into this game. So I think if both play, it'll make it a little bit closer. Um, but looking right at it is Jarek McKinnon versus Jermichael Hasty, And I think this depends on obviously what happens with Tevin Coleman if he's activated from the IR, which I don't believe that he will be. It's going to be who does Shanahan believe in because I think that it's going to be a clear touch situation and I think it's going to be distributed to either Jermichael Hasty or Jarek McKinnon, and I don't think it's going to be more of a split. Um, so I think when it comes down to it, that is going to decide the matchup. Um, you know, because Jarek McKinnon, for example, last week, well, even though Jeff Wilson went down, he had negative one or point negative one, I think he finished with, and Jamichael Hasty had eight. So that's a big swing, you know, when you're going RB for RB. Um, so I think that's going to be the deciding factor in it. I don't know who's going to win. I hope I do. But did you see the report on Hasty earlier, or the the report that came out? How, I did see that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan came out and said that um, this was about two weeks ago. Uh, one, at least one team tried to pluck Hasty off of their practice squad, so Hasty had either the chance to stay with the Niners in the hopes of being called up by them or going uh, to another practice squad team. And he obviously, as you know, he chose to stay with the Niners. And Kyle Shanahan was, like, really, really fond of, um, like, the loyalty. And I think that now you're going to start to see it get paid forward. And it you – know, I they didn't. I don't think they released who the team was, but I think it was the Carolina Panthers because that was Matt Rule and his coaching staff coached Jermichael Hasty when he was at Baylor, so they have ties to him there. Um, but I think with with Jermichael Hasty, I think a lot of the like a lot of the vibes that I get from him is a lot of the late season vibes that we got from Raheem Moster last year, a guy who came in and flashed and looked great in limited opportunities and that eventually got a chance because of so many injuries down the line. I don't think that they really believe that Jarek McKinnon is it, and I think they feel like they have to use him because of the contract that they signed him to a couple of seasons ago. Um, and then, you know, off of two torn ACLs, and he got a heavy, he got heavy workloads, uh, you know, in the first couple of weeks. Um, where there were injuries in the backfield, but I don't know if that's taking a toll on him or what. Um, you know, they said that they plan to rest him last week. You can't believe anything that he says, that, that Shanahan says, because I think it's all just lip service. But, uh, you know, from a clear, you know, eye test standpoint, I think Jamichael Hasty is, you know, he looks better than Jarek McKinnon at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so, Manny, what's your prediction here? Uh, I, I believe Joey's going to take it. Um, another close one here. But the the ex, uh, the players that I see, the player and the team that I see is uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to go lights out. And Allen Robertson ha has a nice – Robertson. 
Robinson. Sorry, it's midnight. Um, <laughs> Allen Robinson will have a nice game against the um, New Orleans Saints. <clears throat> but again, I feel like the Eagles is gonna, are going to have a great game against Dallas. For anyone that plays the Dallas Cowboys, um, they score around 20 points plus. So that that's a plus for Joey right there. Um, I don't know if Joey, Joey schemed it that way because I know Joey played the Eagles last week against the Giants and he saw what's coming up. So good play on you right there. But uh, I have Joey for making some managerial moves. All right. Uh, for me, now, did you guys see I predicted Tommy's matchup again? I am now 7-0, and predicting the opposite for Tommy. Oh, really? Yes, I, I said I said that. Skipper won by 25-plus points, and Tommy won by 25-plus by points. So I predicted every single one of Tommy's matchups correctly. Uh, you know, I know we, we just talked about the whole Seattle back – um, the 49ers backfield for a while. But to me, I really think that this whole thing is going to come down to Allen Robinson may not play. So, I mean, I, I know there's one or two players that, you know, it can easily be pivoted to that are very intriguing in that matchup. But if I'm looking at, you know, my own ass for playoffs, I'm going to say that Tommy is going to beat Joey by 25 points this week. Mm-hmm. But well, I could see, you know, I, I could see Scotty Miller having a great game. This um, he, he could, yeah. Um, I mean, look, maybe that's why Tom's going okay. by twenty-five plus Scotty, points. Scotty Miller's tricky because but, in the games like, that you expect back. him, yeah, in the games you expect him to do well in, he does nothing, right? And then in the games that you don't expect him to do anything in, when you know Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are around, he blows up for twenty points. But he's a very yeah. tricky player to play. But he's just filling in for Antonio Brown. So anything that Scotty Miller does, it's just what Antonio Brown's going to do when he gets back. So I feel like Tom Brady's going to keep throwing it to him, knowing the fact that, sorry, buddy, I know we had chemistry, but Antonio Brown's going to come play. So this is your last week. <laughs> I'm just going to sling it to you. I'll tell you what, Antonio Brown is going to do wonderful, wonderful things. That I'm- 